0: Welcome to the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Today we have a special edition. We are going to be talking about the late pick five at Keeneland on opening day. It is opening weekend, fall stars weekend at Keeneland. I believe they have 14 graded stakes. It's going to be an unbelievable weekend at Keeneland. You don't want to miss it. And today on this show, we're going to be talking about the late pick pick five this friday for opening day please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right hand side of the screen uh smash that like button we'd really appreciate it and also hit the notification bell because we're going to have a lot of new shows coming up we're going to have pop-up shows like this one which has been somewhat unannounced on our uh, programs especially for keeneland it's breeders cup preps we have to cover these raises these cards are unbelievable please make sure you hit that notification bell so that you know when new content will arrive. Of course, you can see my name tag there is my Twitter handle at hkravitz. And at the bottom of the screen, you can reach me through email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. This preview of the late pick five at Keelan is going to be covered just by myself. We're going old school. Uh, it's just myself and my opinions on the late pick five. I've deep dived already for the Late Pick 5 on Friday. It's a very difficult sequence. It's a very fun sequence. I think we can definitely get some prices. also want to mention that we have live shows. Of course, you might be watching this uh, late Thursday night or early Friday morning, but if you watch this before Thursday night, we do have a live show this Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, with derbyologist Craig Johnson uh, and my other fantastic co-hosts covering the Late Pick 5 for Saturday. Uh, at Keeneland, and then also this Saturday from 4.30 to 6 p.m. Eastern, we have our live coverage, again, right here on the HHA Racing Podcast, live coverage with your comments and your thoughts uh, covering the last three grade one races of the day Saturday live right here on the channel. You do not want to miss that on Saturday, again, starting at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. You can uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Also, we uh, have power picks. These power picks have been on fire. All of the co hosts recently have hit pick fives on the power picks for thousands of dollars. We have uh, visual proof of it on our power picks. We give you ABC grids from all of our uh, co hosts, including myself. We give you spot uh, plays. From different tracks throughout the country you get it on saturdays you can see the information there on the uh banner but also below the video player there's information how you can sign up on patreon sign up right now it's very inexpensive it's only 16 dollars for the entire month again you receive it on saturdays only uh now is the time to do that with all the breeders cup preps and the breeders cup come up in november please subscribe to the hhh racing podcast power picks to so just give you a quick sense of what they may look like because you may not familiar you can certainly go on our website which i'm going to sh- share with you right now here's the fantastic uh, website the hhh racing podcast website on the top of the screen there is as uh, something that says power picks you just click on the power picks you can find out all about it right there and then we have examples of the power picks let me just show you click on the most recent one there This is the most recent one. This is one our power picks. is four or five pages long. As information from last week, you can see the current. Let me make this a little bit bigger um, so people can see. Whoops, hold on one second. I'll make it a little bigger for you. Right now, the current ROI is $2.41, and the average uh, horse player's ROI is $1.60. Everything above $2 is a profit, so we are very proud. Our spot uh, plays have been absolutely fantastic. And then you can see uh, these were the picks from last week. You can see all of our ABC grids. And then we talked about the pick five at two different tracks. As you can see, we had Master Foxhounds who won. We had Beyond Brilliant who won. Um, we have winners all over the place. We take chances. You can see some other uh, interesting thoughts there. So, again, uh, the power picks are fantastic. Really highly recommend you guys check those out. So I go ahead and take those off the screen. All right. Let's get in to the pick five this Friday at Keeneland. Again, it's opening day. It's a meet that I just absolutely love. Let's go ahead and bring up the uh, PPs right now. Uh, as you can see, let me go full screen here. I'm going to take the banner down there. Let me get another, and I'm also gonna show my picks, of course, on the bottom of the screen if you're familiar with. The show, of course, is just myself, so you'll see only my picks. Actually, let's go ahead and talk about this race first. It starts in race six on Friday. Again, race six Friday, three forty Eastern, approximately. It's a big field of babies, two-year-olds. olds purse a hundred thousand six furlongs. are for the boys. You can see it's a big field as I scroll down. There are twelve in the main body of the field. There are also a bunch of also eligibles. The thirteen and the sixteen if they get in, are going to be very live in this race. 13 is a first-time starter. 16 is already run. But we'll just talk about the main body of the field. The line favorite is the number six, Brighter Days Ahead for Joe Sharp and Louis Saez a three to one. And just to tell you how wide open this field is, I am not using uh, Brighter Days Ahead at all in my top threes. I go ahead and uh, bring up the PPs here. Let me go ahead and edit this, and I'll just – now we, we'll go ahead and uh, bring the banner here across the screen. There you go. There's my top choices for race six. I'm going 1, three, eleven. Now, these are, of course, made in two-year-olds, and you have to check the board, everyone. you got to see what the board looks like. I'm making these bets and these predictions uh, 48 hours in advance, so I definitely would want to see what the board looks like there. Let's talk about some of my top choices. I'm actually going to go one screen bigger here. I don't usually do that, but I'm going to do that now for this. So my top choice is the number one, as you can see, Golden Bandit. Uh, breaking with the rail is no bargain, but this Brad Cox a horse uh, looks very live to me. He's by Midnight Loot out of a Street Sense mare called Scent of Gold. Uh, Scent of Gold, you can see, was a pretty fast horse there. At least showed some early speed. Was not spectacular. Um but did, does have one first-time starter, Baby, that is one. He's been working very well. You see a bullet there. Uh, you see another nice 101, minute and four, minute and three. Uh, I think this horse is going to be very live, and we'll have to see what the board uh, says. Uh, but I think with Giroux in the saddle, Golden Bandit is very live. Another horse I like here is the number three, Mobster, h one Moreline for Mark Cassie. This horse has even better breeding, you could argue, at least early than the one. You see the workouts aren't quite as impressive. This is a horse by Uncle Mo out of a Meadow Lake mare called Meadow Breeze. And Meadow Breeze, as you can see on the screen, was very fast. All, uh, won the matron grade one as a two-year-old. Uh, didn't run very well in the frisette, but it mean, was, staked, was you know, staked as a three-year-old. Um, has many siblings also that have done very well. Uh, Magic Star was a very nice turf horse, actually. Uh, Duke of the City won $155,000. Uh, prov- uh, Provocation for Bob Baffert uh, won her maiden uh, out of this dam. So this is a very live family. Again, check the board, but I think Mobster is very live in this spot. And then I'm interested in the number 11, Sir. This horse cost 97000 by Munnings out of a Dali Doro Mayor. Ken McPeak does not crank his horses up first time very often. This horse was on the turf at Kentucky downs goes turf. to dirt did close very nicely, but you can see he has been working on the Keeneland dirt, including back on August 25th with a bullet in the holster, 47 and one, a breezing from the gate. So maybe just McPeak threw this horse on the turf just as a prep for this race here. Sir is 15 to one. I'm very interested in that, in that horse. It's a very tough field. I would go deep in this race. I'd also probably use the four, five, six, and nine. If the also eligibles get in, they have to be used. It's a tough field for sure. Let the board be your guide in this first race here at Keeneland for the pick five. Let's go ahead and on to the second leg of the pick five. So I go ahead and switch my screen. Race seven is the stole. Keenan Ogden, Phoenix Stakes, grade two, $350,000 is the purse. This is a win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup. It's three-year-olds and up, six furlongs. These are nice sprinters. You can see the field there. It's a field of eight, led by the number two, Special Reserve, a very fast gelding for Michael Maker and Tyler Gaffleone. I'll go ahead and put the PPs up here for the Phoenix and I'm also going to pick up my picks. There's my picks on the screen. I'm going 5, 6, 7 in the Phoenix. We'll get back to special reserve there in a second. But I'm going the number 5, Sibelius who is an absolute raging form. 5-2 to two morning line for uh, Jeremy O'Dwyer and Junior Alvarado. This horse just seems to be getting better and better. Uh, graduated out of the optional claiming ranks. 1. Huge at Pimlico last time in the light the fuse with 106 buyer. Uh, has a, a maintenance bullet 34 and breezing at, at a training track. Uh, I think he's gonna be sitting off the pace. This is a four year old by not this time, he's just getting better and better. I love the fact that he draws outside the other main speed, and you can see two back, he won from just off the p of uh, the pace. I do not think he's a need the lead type, although he'd prefer to be on the lead. This is a very good uh, gelding who's in raging form. There's quite a lot of speed in this race. I would go with the number six Necker Island in second for Chris Hartman and Francisco Arrieta is the best closer in the race. In my opinion has been running solid buyers close to a hundred is coming back a little bit quick coming back in, you know, about three and a half weeks here or so that's a small concern, but he's in very good form used to be a, sort of a miler and they've turned him into a sprinter he's very good and my long shot play here would be the number seven maniwa for wayne catalano who had aloha west in this race last year cory lannery is most likely to get to the rail at some point or try to save some ground this horse's best effort in a while came last time when he just lost to miles ahead yes it was a fast pace but he's getting better and he's a closer in a race with a lot of speed it could pace collapse. I'm a bit interested in maniwa Probably more underneath. Now, what about the two? The two who's going to be the favorite here, most likely Special Reserve. I think this Michael Maker trainee was better last year. Can he win on Friday? Sure. But he's going to be pressed all the way down on the inside from the three, just who's to outside, top of Gunner, most likely. And definitely, you would think from the five, my top choice, Sebelius. So I'm not sure the trip's going to work out. If he outbreaks the field and somehow gets an easy lead, I suppose he can win. Uh, but he looked like he was in much better form last year. He just has not returned the same as a six-year-old, although he did win very well last time at Mountaineer, which tends to be a speed-favoring track. I'm going five, six, seven in the Phoenix. I'm against the number two special reserve. Let's go back and now talk about the next race here, race the third leg of the pick five on opening day Friday at Keeneland. This is the Chase, Morgan Chase, Jessamine Stakes. This is for two-year-old fillies on the turf going a mile to 16th, $350,000. Like I said, it's a grade two. It's a win and you're in for the juvenile fillies turf. It is a very big field. As you can see, there are 12 horses in the main body. There are also four more horses in the also-eligibles. And I'm not going to talk about this horse much, but the number 13 tax implications for Chad Brown and Ired would be very live in this spot if she does get in. But let me talk about the horses that are in the main body. In the main body of the field, the Moorline favorite is the number three, Delight, for Jonathan Thomas and Louis Saez. Let me go ahead and bring up. Uh, the PPs of the Jessamine, and I'll go ahead and bring up my top choice. And my top choice in the Jessamine is uh, going to be the number three, the fa- early mine, early morning line favorites. Delight again for Thomas and Saez. Uh, This horse is by Mendelssohn. I've a McDlia Doro mare. She seems to be versatile. she's two back. Um, she came a little bit from behind, you know fast face at Saratoga. Last time they went to Delaware. And she stalked and pounced. She does not lay over this field by any means. This is a completely wide open race. However, I like Saez in the saddle here. She seems to be uh, in good form. It's a wide open field. I would not take four to one on the win end. But I do like the light a bit in this spot. One of my price plays of the entire day. And I have talked about this on the, on the show a few times uh, before. Is that I am... Uh, handicapping without morning lines. I realize, of course, on the screen is the morning line, but I have begun for the last month or two to handicap without the morning lines. And if you've never handicapped without the morning lines before, I really recommend it's a great exercise because you don't let the morning lines influence your opinions at all. And as I handicapped this race, I like the 11. Knock your socks off, who is 30 to one morning line for an excellent underrated trainer, Chris Block. And look who he puts on, Flavian Pratt. And Flavian Pratt does not ride for Chris Block very often. Let me show you some reasons why I like the 11 Knocks Your Sock Off. First of all, this is going to be, we're not going to show the whole race here, but this was uh, the main breaking score for Knox Your Sock Off. And um, she is the five right here. And I'm just going to go ahead and let it roll through a bit. Again, knock your socks off. Socks off is on the outside right here. This was that colonial down. She does not get the fastest figure. I will give you that. But as we go ahead into the stretch, as I fast forward a little bit here, she's going to make a very wide sweeping move. You see, she's number five here in the white, and she blows by the field. I thought she was very uh, professional. She was even a bit of a price in this race. But look how wide she's in. You know, five what, six, even seven path. And some of that's because she just has so much momentum. I love how she switched leads. I love how she finishes. Now, she got a bit of a slow number in this race. So you have to decide what to do with that. You can see she's running on very well. She wins this easily. Um, but again, uh, she strides out nicely. She did get a bit of a slow figure, okay? So if you want to take that as a negative, obviously, I would understand that. The next race that Knock Your Socks Off runs was at Kentucky Downs on September 3rd. You see that she uh, made a little bit of a middle move, which I'm going to show you, and lost by nine lengths. This was a track that was an absolute, complete mess. Knock Your Socks Off is the four, and I'm not going to show the whole race, but as you can see, you can barely see the field. In fact, Knock Your Sock Off, by the way, is all the way back here. I know it's hard to see as you watch this, but she's all the way back here and she does make that same kind of big wide sweeping middle move that she made at colonial, but this time it didn't work out. I'm guessing part of it was the track. It was a real, really yielding. You see, it was, it was really bad rain. This might've been the day where they took the races off the turf or just um, shut the course down and ended the day. She's way out here on the wrong lead. She does switch leads and right about here, You look like she's a serious threat to win. And then in the stretch, she just sort of gave it up. I don't know if it was the surface. You know, she just went in the middle like she's lost. She's all over the place. I don't know if she didn't handle the hill or whatever. Again, she's right here. Um, Maybe she's just not good enough. You can see it's pouring rain. I don't know. We're just going to stop it right there. Clearly, she didn't have the same kind of turn of foot as she did uh, before in the main breaker. Maybe she's not nearly as good as I think. Maybe this is a complete reach, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm interested in, in Knock Your Socks Off. There's a decent amount of speed in this race. I, she's a very good closer. The, the breeding is excellent. She's by Kitten's Joy out of a Eskander mare. I don't know. Maybe not of the win end, but Knock Your Socks Off. The number 11, if she gets the right trip with Flavian, is very interesting. I think she'll be more like 15 to 20 to 1. But I'm fascinated with this two-year-old Philly, and as you can see my other pick would be the number seven and i'm going to show that replay really quick also bling for vicky oliver and rafael beirano and the first time she got on the turf and this horse by the way is by the triple crown winner american pharaoh i mean she went really well she's the 10 uh let me back it up just a little bit here she's the 10 getting a very nice stalking trip she's right here once she clears the field on the turn she draws off very well. Now, this race was only five and a half, but you can see her right here winning really as easily as possible. I like the acceleration. She's pulling away from the field. And you can see the jock look just wraps up. Complete look at this complete hammer lock and wraps up on Bling right here. So Bling had a lot more to give. I think Bling's going to take some money in this race, more than her six to one more line. But there's no reason why Bling cannot stretch out. You see this horse is um, out of a Fort Larned mare. Fort Larned, of course, a very nice distance horse who won the Breeders' Cup Classic on the dirt. So Bling is another interesting horse. Wide open race here in the Jezamine. Let's go ahead to the next race here. This is the second to last race of the day. It's race nine. We've got another stake race. It's the Alcibiades. It's a grade one. It's a win and you're in for the juvenile Phillies. Half a million dollars is the purse. They're going a mile and a 16th. You can see the big field right here as I scroll down. Uh, there is uh, no also eligibles. You have 14 in this race. And the more line favorite is the number nine. Fun and feisty coming off a win of Churchill for McPeak and Leperu. But as you can see, it's a very big field. Let's go ahead and go to the pps right now again this is to me is another spread race it's a very tough sequence everyone i think you got to go ahead and spread here in my opinion as I like, go ahead and bring up my picks i'm going four twelve nine 9 in the alcibiades let's go ahead and take a look at my top choices here um yep i just want to make sure that that actually i'm on the wrong race okay i knew four twelve nine is correct. Let's go ahead and switch over to the next race. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. My top choice is the number four, Raging Sea, for Chad Brown and Jose Ortiz, six to one morning line. I'm going to show a bit of the replay of Raging Sea's maiden win. Now she wasn't really bet, you know, like a typical Chad Brown. She was six to one. There's a few things I like about this horse though. Raging Sea is in between horses. It's hard to see. She's outside of the two. Uh, again, right, you'll you'll see her better. She's the four. She's right here. Of my arrow is. She was in between horses a long time, and she took a lot of dirt. To me, this is a very professional effort. It's not flashy. It's not a wow effort. You see, she's right here. I love when two year olds take dirt, and I love when they can split. You see, she is going to grind her way in between horses, and she's going to beat the number eight pre a piece cruiser was the favorite at two to one. So she took dirt. She was in between horses. She fights. She comes up the inside. Not easy for a two-year-old. There are just a lot of things that she does. And also watch the gallop out. She gallops out well. You're going to see it here in just a moment as we watch the, uh, the race cross the finish line. And where is she? Raging Sea, where are you? Oh, they had to show the last horse. Uh, there, Uh, There she is. Anyway, that, not much of a gallop out, but she galloped out with the uh, winner there. Uh, again, it's not flashy, but this is the kind of maiden score I really like. And look at the breeding. This horse is by Super Sire, Curlin, Paul Halloran. Are you paying attention? Your favorite horse. Out of a Stormcat mare, Stormy Welcome. And Stormy Welcome, uh, you can see, um, had... Three out of, actually, let me go ahead and show the siblings. Stormy Welcome had many nice horses, including Weather Whiz, who was a decent two-turn horse, earned over $308,000. Dublin Up, who was trained by Peter Miller, who you can see was in the San Anita Derby in 2014 and ran well early in his career. Welcoming, who, yes, was a turf horse, was a two-turn horse, earned $200,000. Again, my point being, is that it appears that the uh, damn Stormy welcome through some nice horses, including horses that want to go long. You know Curlin wants to go long for sure. Raging C in a wide-open race, my top choice in the Alcibiades. Another horse I want to mention here is the 12. And I am very interested in the 12. Take charge, Brianna, for the coach, D. Wayne, and for Flavian Pratt. It took her a while to break her maiden. By the way, same sire, Curlin, out of a war front mare. And if you remember this last race on September 4th, I do remember it, at Saratoga. Take charge, Brianna broke her maiden here, and she's the two horse. Watch the inside, folks. Watch the two. She stumbles pretty badly from the rail, which is usually right there. She stumbles, and she just sort of lost her balance and by the time you see, it takes her, she's on the wrong lead here. And it just takes her a while to get going. By the time she sort of gets into full stride here, I mean, look at this. She's already, what, eight, nine lengths behind the leader. And you think, well, this race is over. Well, no, sir. No, ma'am. Take charge, Brianna. Catches up to the field. And this was a decent field. These were not a bunch of bum maidens here at Saratoga. You're going to see her right here coming into the screen. This is a long, striding filly. I think she's going to love the two turns. Once she gets the outside, she grinds all these horses down, passes everyone in the field, and I like the visual. Again, with these maidens, ladies and gentlemen, it's not always about the number. You have to take the visual strongly into consideration. And you can see, left hand, she's very professional. She's not weaving in and out or anywhere. And she grinds this leader down. Uh, To win this race, not the flashiest time, but gallops out very well. See, she crosses the wire. She wins at 124 uh, and two fifths, and she's going to run on. And I think this horse wants the distance. I really like what I saw. If she can break, and I believe there's plenty of pace in this race, I think she can be a real factor late. Take charge Brianna at a price 15 to one underneath. My other top choice would be the favorite. Number nine, Fun and Feisty, who won the Pocahontas and did it very well. I'm not going to show the replay. She made a wide move and won by three. McPeak is bringing her back pretty quick. She's already had four starts this year as a two-year-old, and now she's bringing her back in a few weeks. I'm not a huge fan of that, and she's going to take a lot of money. Uh, fun and Feisty can absolutely, Fun and Feisty can absolutely win this race. But on the win end, to me, it's a little bit of a bet against. I would play as many as you can. It's a very tough sequence. My top choices, I'm going 4-12-9. I do want to mention uh, the number one. I'm going to bring it on the screen here in just a second. Wonder Wheel, who I think is going to take a lot of money here from Mark Cassie and Tyler gaffleone Without getting a lot of details, I'm not sure the distance is going to suit. She's going to take a lot of money. She's got the rail. She's got speed. If she wins, it would not surprise me at all. I'm a bit dubious of the distance with Wonder Wheel, and that's one of the main reasons why I'm going against Wonder Wheel. Last point I want to make here about the Alcibiades is they're going at mile 16th, but this is a first-line finish at Keeneland. The finish of this race is about mid-stretch. If you're familiar with Keeneland, um, Arlington used to have like a mid-stretch finish. There's a few tracks that do that. So they can easily configure many horses into their mile and a 16th distance. You got to make a move early. If you're going to close from behind, you can't wait till like the top of the stretch. You got to make a move mid-turn. A horse that I loved last year called Rattle and Roll, who won, who's had a decent year and has won some races lately, won the male version of this race, which happens on Saturday, coming from mid-pack and making a big middle move on the turn, going wide. That's probably what you have to do if you're going to be coming from behind. I don't think you want to be too far back on this track on a mile 16. So Raging C and Take Charge Brianna would have to be, you know, sort of mid-pack, in my opinion, to win this race. But I'm fascinated with either one of those two in the Alcibiades. Let's go to the last uh, race of the sequence here. And the last race of the sequence is race 10. And it's a very wide open difficult race it's an allowance race on the turf they're going a mile and a half the purse is 120 thousand dollars It's restricted for Phillies and you can see the field there of 12. there are some all there's one also eligible go big blue nation for you uh, University of Kentucky fans the line favorite and I was surprised a about how low the number eight Fairchild for asterson And Rosario, as I go ahead and bring up my picks, I'm going 11-7-8 in the closeout leg of the pick five on Friday, opening day at Keeneland. The number 11 is a little bit slower than the rest. Soft touch. We're not going to show any replays of this race, but this Michael Stidham trainee is in extremely good form. She's only a three-year-old filly. She's won her last two. She galloped out well last time. The 11 hole is no bargain going three turns. So Johnny V is going to have to find a good spot. I will admit this is a bit of a stab um, at 10 to 1 morning line because it's a wide open field. But the best buyers in this race are really low 80s. She's only a length, a length and a half off of some of the top choices in this race. She's progressing if Johnny V can get the right trip, I think she's got a big shot and she's going to be a price. So I'm very interested in the number 11 soft touch. In addition to that, Michael Siddham won the training title at Colonial. He's an excellent trainer and this horse is owned by Dolphin. And you can see that uh, this filly uh, has been training very well with a bullet last time at Delaware. So I don't think Siddham would run her in this spot if she didn't think that she was uh, if, if, she, if he didn't think that she, Soft Touch, was very live in this spot. There's others in this race you have to take a look at. The number seven, Roughly a Diamond, who's coming out of many of the same races. Let me take this off the screen, and let me just show you the stretch run very briefly of this race. You can see Federal's Papers, Fairchild, and Roughly a Diamond are all in this race on Friday. They're the two, three, and seven, And they're all coming out of the same race. I'm going to take it. I'm going to show you two things. First of all, watch the two. The two is roughly a diamond in the start. Horrible start. Horrific start. You see right there. Wow. There's roughly a diamond. Got a horrible start. Meanwhile, the other two I mentioned got a great start. And why is that important? Because when I show the stretch run here, here's the two roughly a diamond making up all that ground. Here's Fairchild, the three. Here's the seven who had zero excuses in this race. And roughly a diamond was right there at the end in a four horse photo after that kind of start. That perks my interest a lot. The problem is everyone saw that start. And and now you watch this HHH Racing Podcast. Now you've seen that start. So roughly a diamond might take more money than she should. uh, But I think she's interesting. The number eight Fairchild is a nice horse who's gonna be on the lead. She's already a four-year-old, although, um, so I don't know how progressive she is. I think the three-year-olds at this time of year have more upside. Uh, The horse that I'm really against in this race, to be honest, um, would be the number four Federalist Papers for Brendan Walsh. Um, He takes over the training over Chad Brown. Um, Brendan Walsh is very good. I don't think this is like a major trainer change I just think she hasn't gotten any better. She's a four-year-old. And that last race, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Federalist Papers had absolutely no excuses whatsoever. So I'm going a little bit here with the fresh face. I'm not that excited about the race replay that we just saw. I don't like when horses are clumped together at the end. I think the number 11, soft touch, is an interesting fresh face, but she's going to have to uh, uh, find save ground there on the first turn. Hopefully, Johnny V can do that in the last race. Let me show you my pick five ticket very quickly. And I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is no bargain. Now, usually on the show, I know I'm going to get some hate from my uh, co-hosts when they watch this show. Usually, I do $50 or less. But hey, this is my show tonight. So it's just me. I can do whatever I want. Uh, Trying to hit this pick five on a $50 less budget would be extremely difficult. And to be very honest, this $108 ticket you see at the bottom is no bargain either. But for those of you who are going to be listening, I want to read off the ticket. It's 1 3 with 2567 with 3 with 4 with 7 It's a $108 caveman pick five ticket. If you don't think uh, you have the money or the budget to play the pick five, I would totally understand that. I'm personally going to play an ABC ticket of probably more than the figure you see on the screen. If you're looking for a cheaper ticket, I'd play the pick four. If you play the pick four, it's only a $54 ticket, two, five, six, seven, three, seven, 11, four, nine, 12, seven, eight, 11, If you agree with my selections, and then you would also be skipping that first leg, which is a bunch of babies. Although you would be able to see the board. Of course, if you play the pick five, either way, this is one heck of a sequence, ladies and gentlemen. On uh, Saturday, excuse me, on Friday, to open what is going to be an incredible fall meet at Keeneland, and then of course after their uh, very shortened uh, exclusive fall meet, they have the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland Racecourse in early, the first week of November. It's going to be absolutely outstanding. I want to thank everyone for watching uh, the HHH Racing uh, Podcast and this edition as we cover like a glove, the Late Pick 5 on Keelan opening day this Friday. Good luck with your bets, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.